0: Chapter Two of Old Broadbrim Into the Heart of Australia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Old Broadbrim Into the Heart of Australia by Saint George Henry Rathborn. The Midnight Murder. Come, said Clippers when he got second wind, maybe you can get the other one to release you. He won't do that. The bargain's been sealed. You're not going to retire? Well, hardly. That's good, anyhow. If the other fellows, Hargraves or Irwin, get at fault, you won't refuse to join in the hunt for the murder of poor Morrow? I will be free at the end of a year under certain contingencies, perhaps a good deal sooner. Well, I wish it was tomorrow, cried Clippers. I want you to take this case, but we'll have to see the others and let Tom or Pappy reap new fame. Half an hour later, the two detectives named Hargraves and Irwin knew all there was to know at the time of the death of Jason Morrow. It was not much, for the Slayer had done his work with great secrecy, and had left no clues behind. The matter was destined to become a mystery to the department, a deep puzzle to the best men on the force for months. Old Brodbrim went back to his room after the find in the house near the mouth of the alley. Confound it all! Why did I bind myself for a year to play Cerberus for Custer Kip? He mused. "'Here's the very sort of case I've been looking for, "'but my hands are tied, and I can't get out of the matter "'unless I go to his house and absolutely back out of the bargain. "'In that case, I would lose the $25,000, and... "'No, I'll stick.' "'For long into the night, there was a light in the detective's room, "'and he might have been found at the table at work. "'It was near midnight when a footstep came to the door and stopped there. "'Old Broadbrim heard the noise and waited for the rap. "'When it sounded, he crossed the room and opened the door.' A young man with a very white face and a figure that trembled a little stepped forward. "'You're the gentleman, I guess? You're Josiah Broadbrin?' "'I am.' "'You were wanted at once at Custer Kipp's home on Fifth Avenue. Miss Nora sent me, and I didn't go in to look at him.' "'To look at whom?' asked the detective. "'Why, at Mr. Kipp. He was found dead in the library an hour ago.' The detective started violently and looked at the man in his chair. "'Is it murder?' he asked. "'I can't say.' "'Miss Nora didn't tell me, but from the aspects of the case I think it's serious. "'I'll come.' "'The young man arose and hastened from the room. "'Not so soon, I hope,' said the detective to himself. "'Can it be that my espionage ends almost before the bargain is cold? "'Dead in the library, it's marvelous. "'Old Broadbrim soon appeared at the kip door and was admitted. "'He found the parlour well filled with strained people, "'for the most part neighbours in the upper circles of city life.' But here and there was a representative of the lower classes who had edged their way into the mansion. The moment the detective crossed the threshold, he was approached by a young girl, with clear blue eyes and a good carriage, who instantly addressed him. "'You are Josiah Broadbrim?' she said questioningly. "'Yes, you are the detective whom I sent for?' Old Broadbrim nodded. "'Then come with me. He's in the library and I have locked the door.' The detective was conducted from the parlour and the Nabob's ward opened the door of the library. In another instant she had closed it, and they stood in the large chamber, elegantly furnished and containing rows of books magnificently bound, for Custer Kip had spared no pains with his tastes. "'There he is,' said the girl with lowered voice, as she pointed toward a figure in the armchair. "'No one has touched him, for I forbade it, and you are the first person to see him dead besides myself and the person who did the deed.' The detective stepped forward, And the hand of Nora Doone turned the gas a little higher. Custer Kipp was leaning back in the chair with his white face turned toward the ceiling. The arms hung downward as if they had slipped over the sides of the seat, and the face showed traces of the death agony. I heard but little, said Nora, while the detective looked at the dead. I go upstairs early when I am not at the opera or elsewhere. I remained at home tonight, for I had letters to write, and he came home from a ride about seven. I heard him in the library bustling about for an hour, while I read in my room, and then everywhere silence seemed to come down over the house. When I arose to retire, I thought I would look downstairs, as is my wont, to see if all was snug. As I came down the stairs, I peeped over the transom of the library, as one can do from the head of the flight, and to my horror I saw him in the position you see him now. There was something so unnatural in the pose, something suggestive of sickness if not death, for I must own that the thought of sudden death interposed itself, that I bounded to the foot of the stair and opened the door, which was not locked. In another moment I knew all. I saw that he was dead, and, what is more, I saw that he had been killed. You will notice the dark marks which linger still at the throat, as if he had been strangled like the thugs serve their victims. Isn't it terrible? To have him taken away in this manner, and tomorrow was to be his birthday. She seized and glanced at the man in the chair, while a shadow of fear and inward dread seemed to take possession of her soul. "'I don't know just where Foster is,' she went on. "'He went away nearly a week ago, and I never heard Papa say where he is. However, he will see the news in the papers and will be here in a short time. I told Simpson, the servant, as soon as I recovered, for I lost all control of myself under the terrible discovery, and there's no telling how long I lay in a spoon on the carpet here. As soon as I could, I sent him after you.' "'But,' smiled old Broadbrim, "'how did you know where to find me?' "'I found your card in the desk. I remember seeing you in the house today, though I knew nothing of the nature of your mission. He has been in fear of something for some time. I have noticed this, and think it has not escaped Foster's eye, but we will know about this when he returns. "'My card was all you found, miss?' "'Yes, but I'll admit that I did not look thoroughly. The front door was unlocked when I went thither after the discovery in this room.' "'But what is it, Simpson?' "'The servant had entered the room and stood near the door with his eyes riveted upon the girl. "'When she spoke his name, he came forward and extended his hand. "'I picked this up in the hall just now. "'It's a curious bit of paper, part of a letter.' "'Nora took the find and glanced at it, then handed it to the Quaker man-hunter. "'Old Broadbrim looked at it, going over to the desk where the drop-light swung.' "'Tell the people in the parlor that they can go now, Simpson,' said Nora. "'The police will be here in a little while. "'The detective is already here.' "'Old Broadbrim looked up at Nora as Simpson left the room, "'and his look drew her toward him. "'Is it anything?' she asked. "'The detective still held the bit of paper in his hand. "'It may not be of any use,' said he, slightly elevating the paper. "Some one of the people out there may have dropped it.' "'The gaze of the young girl fell upon the paper,' And old Broadbrim continued. "'Did Mr. Kip ever have any correspondence in Australia?' he asked. Nora shook her head. but the next instant she lost some color. "'Stay!' she cried. "'I remember now that he received a letter some months ago, "'which seemed to trouble him a great deal. "'That letter was from Australia. "'Do you remember from what particular part, Miss Nora?' "'I do not.' "'Could we find it among his effects, think you?' "'I am sure we cannot.' Of that I say I am very positive. He destroyed it. That is bad. Is that message from that part of the world? And the hand of Nora Doone pointed at the paper in the detective's hand. It is merely the fragment of a letter. It is little better than an address. It is— But you shall see it for yourself. Old Broadbrim extended the paper, and the girl took it eagerly, but with some show of fear. He watched her as she leaned forward and looked at the writing in the light of the drop-jet— "'Suddenly the young lady uttered a cry, "'and then turned upon the man-hunter "'with a frightened face absolutely colourless. "'It's from the same part of the world. "'I remember now,' she exclaimed. "'The postmark on that letter was Perth. "'The whole thing comes back to me. "'The postman brought the letter to the house, "'and I carried it to his desk to await his coming home. "'It is the same name, Perth. "'Where is it?' "'You mean in what part of Australia, miss?' "'Yes, yes.' "'It is in West Australia.' and beyond it lie the barren and deaf lands of the great island. But what is the name? Merle Macrae, spoke Nora in a whisper. What a strange name it is. And don't you see that the handwriting is that of one of my sex? And the line above the address? Just look at it in the light of this murderous deed. Don't let him see sixty-four. That means that the command to kill Custer Kip comes from that part of the globe. It makes it all the more terrible.' "'Old Broadbrim took the paper and put it away. "'Not a word about this, please,' he said to the girl. "'I am your secret keeper,' she answered. "'This matter is in your hands. "'When Foster comes home, you can tell him about the torn letter if you wish. "'But I will not without your authority. "'The slayer of my benefactor must be found. "'He shall be. "'Even if the trail leads across the sea?' "'Yes. "'Even if it leads around the world and into the heart of the wild Australian bush.' In after days, old Broadbrim, the tracker, was to recall his words with many a thrill. End of chapter 2